You're listening to the Brand Spanking You podcast. My name is Sarah Ehlinger, former creative director and strategist for multi-million and billion dollar brands turned entrepreneur. After spending over a decade building my own freelance and online businesses, I know that creating a brand around yourself is a heck of a lot different than building one for the big companies. It requires diving deep into your mindset, going beyond generic tips and strategies, and throwing out the script in order to do things your way. Are you ready to get into it? Let's go. Hey there, how's it going? Welcome back to the show. I am so happy you're here as always. I kind of don't want to do today's show. (laughs) I'll talk about that more once we get into it. But before we start, I want to do a quick little housekeeping thing. I know that I talked about this on a previous episode, but my creative studio services are now open again for one-on-one work. And this might be something that is perfect for you. Um, It is brand design, web design, photography services, consulting and strategy. Typically speaking, um, the creative stuff, the photography and branding and web design will be for people who have been in business already for a little bit, maybe two to three years already, um, and are ready, ready to make a bigger investment in their business. But one great way to figure out if this is something that's right for you is to just go ahead and schedule a quick little free discovery call with me. Totally no pressure. I'm doing no selling on it. The intention of this call is just to learn a little bit about your business, learn a little bit about you. You get to ask me questions. I get to ask you questions. And you and I can decide if investing in Um, creative services in my studio right now is a good thing for you to do or not. And I am totally honest about it with people. Um, There's plenty of people that I say, you know what, you don't need to invest in these services right now. I'm going to give you some options to do some other things to kind of bridge the gap for you um, until you are ready. But for those people who are ready, I want you to get in on this. I want you to be part of this because it's such an amazing thing to be able to invest in your business um, in a big way this way. And I see over and over and over again with my clients, just like how it invigorates them, how it helps them, helping them see the next level, the next vision for their brand and their business just skyrockets where they even thought they were going. So you're getting so much more out of investing that way in your business than you even realize. And I want you to know if it's even something that um, you should be considering right now. So if it is, go ahead and schedule a quick 15-minute discovery call with me. You can find those at brandspankingupodcast slash discovery. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, Let's talk about the topic of today's show. (laughs) Today's show is one of those things where, yeah, this is something I've been thinking about. And then all of a sudden in a wave of, I don't know, let's call it inspiration. This morning, I'm like, I knew I had to record another podcast episode. Um, I 
had a plan for what I wanted to record. And then all of a sudden there was this little voice, this little gut thing that said, you need to go and record an episode about how you're going to quit Instagram and you're going to record it and put it out there so that you can be held accountable by the world. (laughs) And simultaneously, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. And I hate that idea. So let's get into this. I have such a love-hate relationship with Instagram. Mostly it's hate now. It is it has turned into mostly hate over the years, but I was a very very early adopter of Instagram. I was on that platform long before anybody else I knew was on there. I love like instantly when I saw Instagram when it first came out, I was just like this this is the most amazing thing ever. You know, it was like when it was those kind of like hipstamatic filters and stuff and I was just like on it. I was taking pictures. That's like Instagram is part of the reason why I ended up getting so into photography. I mean, I'd already been working as an art director on photo shoots for clients in the corporate world, but there was something about Instagram getting in there and like doing photos myself that just like really fueled my curiosity for learning more about photography and really getting more and more into it. And so for that, I am forever grateful. I've also met some amazing people through Instagram. A couple of my very closest friends, like in real life closest friends, I met through Instagram. Um, So there's that too, you know. There's a lot of great things about it. For a very long time, it was a space that I loved being in. As we all know, the platform has changed considerably. It's changed considerably mostly because Well, in my opinion, I think that they've lost their way. They lost their way um, becoming part of Facebook and Meta and then, you know, Facebook Meta using that platform as a way to kind of like gobble up other platforms. And so they kept adding, they've been adding all of these features and all of these different things. And yes, and now, of course, there's so many things you can do with Instagram, but it's like it has this huge identity crisis. And you know, especially now, it's like it's not even a, really a photo sharing app anymore. And I'm not even going get to get into all of that because honestly, I don't care. Like there's a lot of people out there who will complain about like, oh, I want it to be this way. I want it to be that way. I don't care. It is what it is. And so I'm looking at it going, okay, it is what it is. Do I want to be here? And I have spent the last two years <laughs> When I say like struggling with that decision, it it makes it sound like it's something that's just been like such a huge thing for me, and it hasn't. Um, But I'll say I'll say it that way: struggling for the past two years because I'm sort of like hot and cold with it. Like I'll be like, okay, yes, I'm gonna go all in on this. I'm gonna do it. I see, you know, like friends of mine or people I know, they get still get amazing results there. I still think it's like a great platform for some people, Um, and so I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it work. I've tried that. I go, you know, I go all in and then I'm like immediately burnt out by it. Um, it sucks all of my creativity. It really throws me into comparison zone, like in a bad way. It just, it, it just really, really Fs with my juju. It like just being there consuming Fs with my juju. And <laughs> consuming in a way from like a business stand standpoint, because I have other like, I have multiple Instagram accounts 
And I have other ones that I've gone and just like followed, like curated in a way so that I'm following people so that when I go onto that account, like my feed is just like happy, fun, good times. And I love it. I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect 15 minute escapism that I need versus my quote unquote business account does not feel that way because I'm following a lot of other like colleagues and business accounts. And and when I get on there and start consuming, it just makes me feel like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. I'm, I'm failing. I'm, everything's terrible. Burn it all down to the ground. Or there should be this, I should be doing this product or I should be doing this funnel or should be doing this or I should be doing it like that. Or, oh my God. I, I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. I'm sure this sounds very familiar to you because I'm guessing you probably have a similar voice in your head because most people that I talk to that are using Instagram for their business struggle with this exact same thing. Some people are able to struggle with it and like parlay that into, you know, creating content on Instagram and making it work for them. Some people just want to burn it all down to the ground. I am one of the burn it all down to the ground people. So I'm very hot and cold. I'll be like, I'm going all in, I'm doing it. And then I'll be like, burn it all down to the ground. And then I won't show up there for six, eight longer weeks, you know? So here's the thing. I'm coming on here and I'm saying, I'm going to quit Instagram. I I don't know for how long, but I'm like, I'm doing it purposefully and I'm doing it for at least three months. I don't know. Will that turn into six months? Will it turn into a year? I don't know. But what I do know is I have to pick a time limit that's longer than like a week or a month. And so three months feels like a good amount of time. Um, I'm also acknowledging that like I'm not quitting using Instagram. I'm still going to go on there. I'm still going to like, you know, message people in my DMs, answer messages in my DMs. I love connecting with people one-on-one that way. And that's like a way that, you know, clients or customers or colleagues or other people still reach out to me and we have chats in the DM and like that feels very fulfilling to me. I don't want to give that up. So I'll still be there in the DMs. Um, but I've noticed that when I'm not creating, when I'm not specifically creating content for Instagram, I don't feel the push and the need to like go on there and consume as much. And so that will greatly curtail my consumption on there. And that's part of this quitting Instagram, you know, quote unquote, quitting Instagram too, is that I am going to be more cognizant of how much time I'm spending on there consuming and like what kind of content I am consuming. But the the real thing for the quitting Instagram is like I'm making a conscious decision that I am legit not using. I'm not going to be creating consistent content for Instagram. Like it's not going to be part of my marketing strategy. Now, the irony of this is like if you look back on the consistency of me posting over the past two years, like honestly, compared to people who really use Instagram for their marketing. I barely create content. So it might look like, well, what's the big deal, Sarah? You barely make stuff for it anyhow. Well, the big deal is that I always have that script running in the back of my head that's like, oh my God, you should be doing this for Instagram. You should be doing this. You know, like that script that's telling me that I'm failing or I'm not living up to some promise or I'm not doing something that I'm supposed to be doing. And that constant chatter takes up, even though it's not taking up like time for me creating the content, it is taking up so much mental and emotional energy. Like It's just like sapping it. And when I can consciously say, 
Like if something comes up, it's like, oh, you should do this. You like, you should do this story series, or you should do this, or you should do mini lessons, or you should do this carousel post, or you should turn your podcast episodes in this. I can go, no, I'm not doing that. I don't even have to entertain that idea. Don't have to because I'm not doing it. And just right there, like even just making that decision, I feel this huge emotional weight being lifted off of me. And I feel space, creative space and flow and alignment just like flooding in just by making the conscious decision of like, I'm not doing that versus maybe not being consistent with it, not doing it, but never making the the conscious decision. See what I mean? It's like, it's a subtle difference, but it's like, it just, it's everything. Making, actually making the conscious decision is everything. You have to do that. And I have not, I'm fully acknowledging, I have not done that for the past two years. And as a result, I've had this weird inconsistency with Instagram. I've had this weird feeling of like failing and comparisonitis and all of these, all of the things because I've never made a decision. Am I doing it or am I not doing it? And when I make the decision to do it, I'm not, I'm not, I, I know in my gut that I really don't want to. Like I, re- I really, really don't want to. So I never really make it work. The other thing is in the past when I haven't been creating stuff for Instagram, like where I'm just like, oh, I've just, I'm just too busy. I can't get to it. Like that's kind of been my script. Like I have to get too many other things to go and I just, I just can't get to it. Instead of being like, no, I just, that's not a marketing channel I choose to use. When I had that, like, I'm just too busy. I can't get to it script playing. I also didn't consciously choose anything else to replace it with. So the reality is we have to market ourselves somehow. Like people have to know that they can buy from us. They have to know. If they don't know, you don't sell anything. And a realization I had a couple of months ago is that I had been using, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, quote unquote, traditional online marketing tactics to hide. Because, let me explain, because I knew that the thing that works the best for me is when people get to experience me in real time. When people get to work with me, when they get to interact with me, even like this podcast. Like I would say that this is a much better marketing vehicle for me. And it's so new. I don't know. I have no like marketing stats to show you. It's I'm still building it. It's still new. But I know in my gut that this is a way that people will connect with me on a deeper level than like on a social media post. Because I have gotten consistent feedback throughout the course of my career and my business um, and just in life in general, that people connect with me on a much deeper deeper level when they're able to have this more um, intimate interaction. And like a podcast is a more intimate interaction. I mean, your ears. <laughs> I'm with you on your walk. I'm with you as you're cooking dinner. I'm with you, you know, it's just like, it's a longer form content. I'm with you for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes versus, you know, 15 seconds in a post that you scroll by. 
I also know that people who get a chance to just even have like a quick strategy, one hour strategy session with me, or anybody who gets the chance to work with me or be with me one-on-one. So whether that is, like I said, a strategy session, even people, I've gotten clients through other group programs that I've been in or masterminds that I've been in, because when I'm in those programs and I'm like talking on the Zoom call and asking questions and interacting with people, people are drawn to me. And I'm not saying that in a way to brag. I'm saying that in a way to acknowledge that that is feedback that I've gotten and actual data points. Like that's a data point that I've gotten, that I've gotten clients through other programs that I've been in. Knowing this, is it more helpful for me to go all in on strategies and tactics that give people a chance to interact with me in real time, in real life, or on this other platform that I hate and quite frankly, is not getting me clients or results? in the same way. Well, it makes more sense for me to go on all in on the first one. So to back up here a minute, I said in the past, you know, maybe I didn't do the Instagram stuff, but I also didn't strategically think about how I was going to replace that, how I was going to market myself. And so now making the conscious decision to stop doing it, I'm also making a conscious decision to see what or experiment with the other places that I want to go all in with my marketing with. And that was the big realization I had when I I realized that I was using those traditional marketing online marketing tactics to hide. Because it's much scarier having the realization that like people in your real life or people who have interacted with you are the ones who are drawn to you and want to work with you, but maybe they don't know that they can. And so that means you have to email them. You have to call them. You have to set up a Zoom coffee date with them. And you actually have to say, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm selling. Um, If you know anybody who needs help with that, send them my way. I've actually gotten clients the past couple of months by messaging people I know and saying, listen, you've mentioned in the past that you need XYZ, or I can see that you are on the edge of going to the next level. And these are ways that I could help you do that. And then having a conversation with them. I didn't want to send those messages. That is very vulnerable. That is much scarier than doing an Instagram post and throwing your hands up in the air and going, meh, didn't work, didn't work. Algorithm sucks, it hates me, Never mind. Did I get clients doing that? Yes, (laughs) I've gotten a couple of really big projects out of that. I've also gotten ghosted a lot, like 90 to 95% of the people I sent messages to. But guess what I did? I, I did not attach meaning to it. So whether the people said yes, whether the people ghosted me, whether the people said no, which, you know what, that could be a whole topic of a whole nother podcast episode because let's just stop ghosting people. Like if you don't want something, if you want, like if you want to say no to somebody or you've changed your mind, just like tell them, just like tell them, you don't need to ghost them. People don't care. (laughs) 
I'd rather just like know. So then we can have a normal relationship going forward. We don't have to like pretend like we're ignoring each other now because you ghosted me. That's a whole nother side topic. But part of what part of sending these messages, part of marketing yourself in this real way is also detaching from the outcome. So if I am going to put my place myself in a place where I'm surrendering to what's next, I'm surrendering to what is right in front of me and what is right in front of me is what's working, which is people who have experienced me in real life or people who experience me in a more intimate way than a social media post and reaching out to those people. So like I ha- so that's what I'm surrendering to because that's what's in front of me, that's what makes the most sense, that's what I have the most results with right now. Part of that surrendering process then is also completely detaching from the results. And that's the hard part. Because if you attach to the results, <laughs> You're going to get a lot more no's. You're going to get a lot more rejection than you're going to get the yeses. And that's, you'll give up before you can get sufficient data, right? So I have sufficient data with Instagram now because I've been on Instagram for, I don't know, when did it start? I, I think I've been on Instagram for like since the beginning. So that was probably like 12, 13 years ago. And the past five to eight years, I've been meh about it, you know? And so like, I have a lot of data (laughs) whether or not it works for me. And I do have data of like the times when it did work for me and why, you know? And realizing like, well, that's not really the way that I want to, like, that's not fun for me. That's not the way I want to use the platform. And that's not aligned with me and my business. I have that data. Now I want to try something new. I want to try something different. So I also have to allow myself the space and time to get curious, to experiment, to surrender to it and collect the data in this new area. And even though I've been rejected, like I said, I've been rejected 90 to 95% of the time, that other 5 to 10% of the time, I've had amazing results. I can't say the same for Instagram. So why have I never made, even though I may have gone many weeks, sometimes months without posting, without interacting with Instagram, why have I never made the decision, the specific decision to quit before? Well, (laughs) and I'm going to kind of, I made a list of some reasons because I'm like, well, I'm sure this is what everybody else is struggling with because the thing is, as part of my... 2022 surrender experiment, I I have to surrender to what's in front of me. And the one thing that I've been ignoring is the thing that's in front of me is that my gut is telling me I don't want to use this as a marketing channel. I don't want to use this as a marketing channel for this specific business. (laughs) I don't want to. I may use it in different ways for other things or, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But like, for this specific business for, as a marketing channel, I don't want to. And that has consistently put itself in front of me, that feeling, that gut feeling. And that's what I really what I'm trying to surrender to is that gut feeling. And I've consistently ignored it. And so why? <laughs> I saw this amazing quote by Elizabeth Gilbert recently. And it said, you are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control. 
but you never had control. All you had was anxiety. And that quote right there sums up my relationship with Instagram and wanting to continue using it, um, but never specifically, you know, trusting my gut and trusting that feeling of like, you shouldn't, this isn't working for you. This isn't something that you need to show up to and you can decide not to. And what I mean by that is like, as I talk about like showing up and not surrendering to this thing, like this thing kept putting itself in front of me in my gut, like, give it up, put a pause on it, give it up, put a pause on it. And I'm not surrendering to it. And I think part of that, so as I list off the reasons why, you know, maybe I haven't made this decision before, part of that is that control. There's this like false belief or lie that I have been telling myself that somehow this also comes back to using quote unquote traditional online marketing tactics to hide. There's this lie I've been telling myself that if I can get on Instagram and post in the exact right way, in the way that beats the algorithm or this or that or the other thing, I will somehow have control over my business, control over the flow of income, control over the flow of clients. And that is a lie. That is a lie. So I have not wanted to surrender to this thing that keeps bubbling up for me that says, you don't need to do this. I haven't been surrendering to it because I'm scared. I'm scared of giving up that like control, control that doesn't even exist. It's just, it, it's, it's anxiety. It's not control. I'm scared because I think, you know, I need it because that's what every single freaking online marketing guru is going to tell you that you got to be here. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing reels. You got to be following the trends. You got to da 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 I know that you don't because I've seen plenty of people having success that don't use it. I also think that I haven't made this decision because there's something in me that feels like if I can't get Instagram to work or I can't, you know, figure it out, that somehow that means that I have failed as an online business owner. I failed because look at all these other people. They're doing it. They figured out how to get their content out. They figured out how to batch. They figured out how to make videos. They figured out how to get clients, you know, sell through their DMs and get clients. Why can't I figure that out? Well, maybe I can't figure it out because that's not my thing. That's not the thing for me. This is why we started our own businesses so that we could do things in a way that's aligned for us. But now I'm believing this lie that if I haven't figured out this thing that I fucking hate, that somehow I failed. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to that anymore. And then the last thing is something that I've already talked about and that's you know, when you do say no to something, you do have to say yes to something else. You have to replace it. Like somehow I have to replace this marketing tactic with something else. And I think that fear of like, well, what else will I do has like tripped me up too. And so I had to take some time to think about like, you know, there's a million ways to let people know how they can work with you, to get the word out about how people are going to work with you. So like, 
not knowing what else to do is like really not a really good excuse. And I was, you know, letting that, I was letting that like be part of my narrative. And I don't want that to be, I don't want not knowing what to do to be part of my narrative because that's not who I am as a person. One of the things that I value and love the most about myself is that I am insanely curious and I love figuring and trying, figuring new things out and trying new things. And so I'm going to let this lie (laughs) that I'm unsure of what else to do get in the way. No, that's not who I am. Maybe that's not who you are either. So one of the people I, you know, I I couldn't do this episode without bringing up, and I just want to touch on it lightly. I'm not going to go into it, but one of the people who inspired me greatly with this is Tiffany Hahn, and she has a series right now. In 2022, she's calling it her year of saying no. And um, one of the things she's saying no to is social media. And so she's documenting this, um, but there's lots of other stuff she's saying no to as well. And I love listening to her episodes going through like what intentionally saying no has done for her. Like the the things that it's brought up, the lessons that she's learned, just everything that's rolled up in actually intentionally saying no, not just like accidentally being like, "Eh, I'm not going to do this and then feeling guilty for not doing it, which is basically what I've been doing. But like intentionally being like, no, I'm saying no to something so that I can open up space for something else in my life or in my business. And so I'm going to link to her episodes that are all about her year of saying no, because they are fantastic. And she's our, you know, she's already way into this experiment and she has so many amazing things to say already in these episodes that you are going to love. So make sure you listen to those. But um, I did want to touch on that just like really briefly because it it really was an inspiration to me in trying my own experiment with saying no to this. So now that I've brought up several times, you know, intentionally replacing posting on Instagram with it with different marketing tactics, let me just go through um, a few of the ideas that I have for marketing my business outside of Instagram, because I don't know, maybe that'll spark something for you too. So the first thing is, well, the first thing is this podcast. Let's get meta a little bit. You're listening to this podcast. That is the first thing. I have made a commitment to show up once a week and do this podcast. And I am doing that without fail. And I love it. So I'm going to continue doing that. And as part of the podcast, I also have a weekly email newsletter. Um, that I send out every week when the podcast goes live. So there's links to that. So if that's like you don't want to miss the podcast episodes, um, that's in there. But I also sprinkle in lots of other, you know, little musings and um, pieces of, you know, <laughs> magic, magical musings, we'll call them. So my email newsletter. Those are two places that I'm going to continue that I'm already using um, that I'm going to continue using. The next place is anywhere that I can get the benefit of SEO. So, I mean, I guess you could say like the podcast is kind of like in that realm too, because I create little posts for all of my podcast episodes. And so I do have some, I'm sure over time, I'll get some SEO benefit from that. But also those, the other two things that mainly when I think about SEO are blogging and Pinterest. So 
I want to get back into blogging. And blogging feels so much more doable for me. Like I love writing. I really do love writing. And that was one of the things with the Instagram posts. Like a lot of my Instagram posts, the ones that I really loved and the ones that I got a lot of like great um, engagement on were ones that were really were like mini blog posts, you know? So I would rather put that energy into making those posts longer, more robust, more useful having them on my website and getting the benefit of people being able to organically find them, which they cannot do on Instagram. It's like you put it there and it just like poof, disappears in a wisp of smoke, never to be seen again. I mean, really, when you think about it, I feel like Instagram is that place where it's like people who already know you is just a place to build like even more rapport with them. And so, you know, as I'm contemplating, well, not contemplating, as I am giving this up for at least three months, that is something to think about. Like, you know, I am i don't have that channel to build that rapport with um, people in my audience that I already have. But and then I could argue, but I have that with my email list. So I can start doing that maybe more with my email list. Who knows? Maybe I'll start sending out more emails. I don't know. But I do know that I would rather have that SEO built in over time and just like have this big hub. Like I love those people where I land on their website and next thing I know, it's been like 90 minutes and I'm like, holy shit, I've just like opened 25 different additional blog posts of theirs in another tab. I've gone down this rabbit hole of theirs. It's just like, and I love it that I'm like, oh my God, there's just so much here for me to learn and consume. And even if it's someone that I just met, like, quote unquote, like I didn't meet them, but you know what I mean? Like I just landed on their website in that little bit of time where I'm like, oh my God, I want to read this. I want to read this. I want to read this. I want to, I want to download their free thing. I want to sign up for their podcast. I want, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, my new best friend. This is my new best friend. And to me, that feels so much more powerful than like following someone on Instagram. I don't know, but that's just me personally. So that's where I go. Like, I think that I would like to get more into blogging. I have to make a plan for it so that I can fit it into my schedule. I can fit it into everything else I'm doing. But yeah, I'd like to do that. Along with that then is going to be Pinterest. So fun fact... I, I was also a very early adopter of Pinterest. I When Pinterest came on the scene, I actually spent like weeks just like scouring scouring around and like begging people to like, because you had to get an invite link. And I was like, I have to get on Pinterest. I need an invite link. Because I had been like collecting inspiration and swipe it like in folders on my desktop for years. And then I would like click through these folders to like try to find my inspiration or like old like bookmark tabs. And so when Pinterest came along, I was like, oh my God, this is life changing. This is what I've been waiting for. Um, So I've been on Pinterest for a very long time and have used it in many, many different ways. But because of that, I don't have a huge following on Pinterest because I've never really cared about that. Um, I don't really feel like that's what Pinterest is all about. But what I do have is, and I haven't checked lately, but generally speaking, I have between 1.5 to 2 million views per month on Pinterest. So that means like that many, I get that many views on pins that I've put on Pinterest. Well, a lot of those are my own pins. Some of them are other pins that I've, you know, repinned, which sounds like an amazing stat because it is like that. That really is. I will brag on myself for a minute. That really is an amazing stat. I will tell you, though, 
because I have not been strategic and have just been all over, like willy-nilly all over the place and like not really paying attention to Pinterest, it's just like, it's like this really juicy grape (laughs) that just keeps, or like tomato that just keeps like holding on and holding on. And it's like the, the hornworms are coming for it and the aphids are coming for it and the sun is trying to dry it up. Like there's so many things working against it. And that tomato is just like, I'm still here. I'm still juicy. Why don't you want to pick me? That's my Pinterest account. So (laughs) knowing that it's like here, I'm like wasting all of this mental and emotional energy on something that's not working. And then I have this other thing that's totally like, hey, I'm trying to work real hard for you. And I'm putting zero emotional or physical or mental energy into it. So that's another part of my plan um, with my uh, existing blog posts, with my podcast, with any new content that I'm creating for my websites to really take some time to create a smart strategy and a smart system for Pinterest to start getting the traffic that I need coming from Pinterest. Because what's happening right now is I, since I really had no strategy with it, but I've been really, apparently I'm really good at getting those views on on, um, Pinterest, I'm not necessarily getting the right traffic to my website. So I'm kind of getting, I'm getting some stuff from some old posts, from old websites, from old, and then they show up on my site and they bounce because they're like, oh, this is, well, this, maybe this one thing was kind of what I wanted, but like, this isn't really the party that I thought it was. Like, that's what's happening right now. So I just want to take some time to kind of rethink that and refresh that and get it working better for me. And I just feel like that's a way more valuable use of my marketing time than trying to come up with content for Instagram. The next thing that I will be focusing more on, and I've already brought this up, and that is networking, like real life networking. Um, Simone Gray Soul had, I think she put it, had it in an email. I don't think it was a post, so I can't link to it, but she talked about, she called it the paleo marketing challenge, which I thought was hilarious kind of relating it back to like that, you know, the way people talk about the paleo diet, but in the paleo marketing challenge, what she was saying is like, I want you to go out and I want you to tell 10 people what you do and not like, you know, make a post on Instagram or like real people, like your friends, your family, the freaking checkout clerk at Target, like who, like tell 10 real life people what you do scary, right? Like, it's like, oh my God, I have to talk about what I do. (laughs) But that's part of it. Like network. So like networking for me has been way more successful for me the last few months. Like once I could actually acknowledge that, that, hey, that's something we can do, like real life still exists. That's been something that's worked really well for me. So I make it a point now of scheduling coffee dates, of reaching out to people, of, you know, just telling people, you know, you can work with me, you can hire me um, in ways that I may have shied away from doing in the past. I think in the past, I like kind of hung back and I'm like, well, if they want to work with me, they'll, they'll figure it out or they'll know. And it's like, no, sometimes they don't. In fact, a lot of times they don't. A lot of times people like actually want to work with you and they don't know how or they don't even know to ask. Or they're not even completely aware of like all of your offerings and all the different ways they can work with you, which I know sounds crazy, 
but it's true. And then the last thing that kind of goes along with networking is um, thinking about how I can use testimonials and referrals. So number one, getting really, creating a system that I make sure that I'm getting testimonials from clients that I've worked with because clients will tell me over and over, you know, when I'm on a call with them or when I'm working with them, just like how thrilled they are, how amazing the experience has been. But if I'm not like capturing that in their own words to then use later on, like what, besides boosting my ego on those calls, well, I shouldn't say that. It actually makes me, it, it really has a less to do with my ego and more to like, it makes me feel so good for them. And that's a great feeling. Like I love knowing how thrilled my clients are, but also that feeling, that thing, that is the thing that is going to get me other clients. And I haven't been good about, I, I've been good about doing it for my templates in stock photos, but like for one-on-one clients, I haven't been as good as, you know, having a system of capturing those testimonials and using them for like case studies or, you know, using them in ways that would attract other clients. So that's something that I want to put into place um, during this Instagram break. Who, Who knows how long it will go on. And the other thing is referrals. Like I know that people who worked with me want to recommend me to other people. And I know this going back, like even before I started freelancing, I know this because it happened for me in the corporate and agency world. If I worked with someone at an agency, like especially when I first started freelancing, that's how I was able to like just really start my freelancing career with a bang with other agencies is because people who had worked with me at agencies When they found out that I was freelancing and they're like at another agency, they immediately, you know, would try to bring me in as a freelancer at that agency because they'd already worked with me. And so that's been happening since the very beginning of my career. Knowing that if people work with me, they get a taste of what I do because I would say like on some level, I do so many different things and I approach things so differently that I've struggled in the past really kind of summing up like all of the things I can do for you or for a project or for an agency. But someone who's already worked with me, they already, they've already experienced it. And so I don't have to try to explain anything. They're just like, oh, this is who you want to hire. This is who you want to bring in on this project. That worked great for me in the agency world. And it just kind of went on autopilot. What I have not been good about doing is parlaying that same magic with one-on-one non-agency clients. So part of what I want to put my brain on is, okay, how do I I recreate that same thing or something similar that is a referral program that rewards people who have already worked with me one-on-one to refer me to other people. Cause that that like that's just that's a great strategy for me. And I want to structure in a way so that the people who have already worked with me get rewarded. I want them to be rewarded for working with, you know, for referring me. So I have several different ideas about how I could potentially do that that I'm mulling over. I'm not gonna go into that today. Um maybe that's a another episode for you know, months down the road, once I get that up and running and see how it works. 
But yeah, that's it. Those are the things that I'm thinking about. And all this whole list of things, and I'm not saying I'm going to do all of these things. And I maybe there might be different things that I decide to try instead. This list of things, when I look at them, even though several of them put me out of my comfort zone, I am way more lit up by this list than by like, make 30 reels and then make 10 carousel posts and then take your other content and repurpose that into like, no, I have tried that method over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm not saying it doesn't work because it does. I see it working for other people, but it doesn't work for me because I need to recognize that at this point in my life and in this business, it is not aligned for me. And that's okay. And if something is not aligned for me, and there's a difference, let me be clear, there's a difference in not wanting to do something because it feels uncomfortable. Like I said, there's plenty of things on this other list that do not feel comfortable to me. And not wanting to do something or choosing not to do something because it's not aligned. So you have to develop that discernment. That's important. But once you do... There's freedom in saying, okay, I'm not going to shy away from being uncomfortable. That's part of the process. But I am going to decide to say no to things that are not aligned. Even if every, even if there's a bunch of voices out there telling me I need to do this thing. Okay, so I would love to know. I would love to know your thoughts on this. Is this something you would think about doing too? Is this something... Um, that you're thinking, you know, is scary to like let something go even though it's not working? Do you think I'm crazy for doing this? I don't know. Maybe you had like, I want to know what your thoughts are. So go ahead and let me know. Like I said, I'll still be on Instagram in my DMs. If you want to send me, um, I love connecting with people there on a one-on-one basis. So if you want to send me a voice DM or send me a voice, it's so like we can chat, like we're texting each other. Great. <laughs> Send me your comments there. You can also email me, hello at bbrandspankingyou.com. You can leave a comment on this post on, um, in you know, under the show notes. Let me know. Let me know your thoughts. And I am sure that I will be popping in here in future episodes to let you know how this experiment went. All right. I love you. Till next time. Hey there, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is to share it with someone else or post about it on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Brand Spanking You so I can show you some love. That's at Brand Spanking You with an N, not an I-N-G. Go to brandspankingyoupodcast.com for show notes and links. And if you're ready to take it to the next level, uncover your brand's superpower and leave confusion in the dust, Head on over to brandspankingyoupodcast.com slash spark to learn all about my brand spark sessions. In just 60 minutes, they've been known to completely transform the way people think about their brands and let go of what's not serving them and their businesses. That's brandspankingyoupodcast.com slash spark. All right, that's all for now. This is Sarah Ehlinger, and I'll see you next time. Next time.